I just heard the best out of context thing from Lee. So Timmy's upstairs watching his Gold Rush shows. And as I'm coming back down the stairs, I hear Lee ask, so dad, how many glory holes are there? <laughs> wow. <laughs> what, why did he ask that question? Uh, it's a term in gold mining, apparently. So I'm guessing it's <laughs> maybe it like is. the dig site. Oh, okay. It's a glory sure. hole. <laughs> the glory hole. I'm sorry. Could you enunciate that a little bit? Uh, did you say dig site or? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Bubblies, and welcome to My Streaming Bubble. It's that little old podcast where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. I'm your host, Jen, and today Laura and Eric are back as we continue our DC Talks, this time taking on the clown prince himself, the Joker. Hello, and welcome, Laura and Eric. Hello Hi. there. Hello. How's it going? Man, I'm good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. That's good. Hi, Laura. Hi. <laughs> She's like, I said this already. I said hello already. <laughs> That's great. As if we weren't just sitting here dicking around for like the last 30 minutes before yeah, no we shit. started the show. <laughs> it was very important discussion about snacks. It really was. Mm -hmm. And Eric you, had visual aids and it was very nice. It was one of those things you just had to <laughs> he be He even had a PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to receiving my copy. No. <laughs> I'm glad you all enjoyed my presentation. <laughs> it was very well done. For like on the spot impromptu. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. You did an A. <laughs> Aw. All right. So today we are going to be talking about the DC villain, the Joker, and the many forms and voices that helped shape this character. So today's a little different in that we're not there were no assigned uh, watchings and everyone was free to watch whatever jokery show or movie they wanted to. But much like our chat on the Batmans, we'll be discussing the various iterations of the character from print. I'm sure Eric will have some fun facts and probably Laura as well uh, to animate it. And of course, the live action. So before we get too into the different versions, uh, respectively, I kind of want to start off with the quote origin story of the Joker, because we get kind of different versions throughout his on screen portrayal and obviously in the print uh -huh. versions as well. Mm -hmm. So we're going to kind of focus on, in this section, like The Killing Joke, uh, Batman 1989, mm -hmm. and uh, Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix. And then again, plus, we've got some comic book references and information, I'm sure, from my nerd gallery. And then we'll throw in the honorable mention of uh, Gotham, the TV series Gotham, with uh, Cameron Monaghan. Monaghan. Nope. That guy. So did all right very serious uh, conversation today guys no joking around Ooh, oh why, so serious, nice. so serious. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we'll start with laura with the kind of quote origin stories of the joker which one do you tend to lean towards most and which one do you just poo-poo all over on? <laughs> I know the answer to this question. That's why I laugh. That's why I'm laughing. Okay. So origin story feels like too simplistic. I mean, it, it should have an asterisk by it, you know. I mean, it's because, in air quotes when, I, when I'm saying yeah. like, origin story. Maybe it's the whole parallel universes thing where you could just say each one is like, a different joker from a different timeline or a different plane or a different universe or whatever mm -hmm. but like 
um, as far as origin story goes, I mean, the, the first one that like really I remember was, was from Batman 1989. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and that was kind of, as a kid, that was kind of, okay, this is how the Joker was made. Mm -hmm. And like, it's kind of the same for some of the other origin stories, like killing joke, at least as Mm -hmm. far as like being, you know, toxic chemicals being involved. Yeah. So when I watched that movie for the first time, I was like, okay, yeah, I buy this. Um, sure. Failed comedian turns into like the most puntastic vi- villain ever. <laughs> I, I buy that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I am aware of other origin stories um, within the comics and everything too, you know, the various writers through the years, but I always come back to those two and it feels like, from a pop culture perspective, movie Batman, you know, Joker, it, it kind of does too. Like it's yeah. really hard to get away from that. I will give an honorable mention to Heath Ledger's though. Like I thought the different stories about the scars was a really fun take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, being someone who has a bunch of surgical scars, I was like, oh man, I missed so many opportunities. <laughs> 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 um, so, you know, I, I really enjoyed that one from uh, I can personally relate to this kind of and that feels really weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as far as ones that I poo poo all over, I mean, I, I really have some thoughts on Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. I really, really do. Um, and I wasn't a huge fan of Jared Leto's either, mm-hmm. but I will concede that unless you have the endurance to watch the the Snyder cut. Um, you don't really get to see much of his origin. No. Um, but oh my god, that Joaquin Phoenix take not for me. Very good. All right, and we will definitely come back to the movie Joker because uh, this was a first time watch for me, and I think for Laura as well. So I've got opinions, but we'll go ahead and move on to. Eric and which origin Eric. quote Eric or Erica story? <laughs> I was editing the Stranger Things episode this morning. Leave me alone. Uh, um, you're all good. <laughs> um, but yeah, which origin quote air quotes origin story of the Joker you tend to lean towards more, and which one you're just kind of like, eh, not so much for me. It's um hard to really talk about origin stories. I think when it comes to like superheroes and supervillains, because these characters have been rewritten so many times, you know, throughout, you know, the decades and decades and decades they've been around. But when we are narrowing it down and we're talking about what would make sense for that particular character, I have to agree with Laura 150% on the killing joke. Um, now, the killing joke is where we see it play out, I think, more on a larger scale as far as what uh, uh, he went through when he was before he was the Joker, when he was a comedian. But we have to remember this isn't the first, this isn't the, the killing joke is the retelling of the origin of that story. Detective Comics 168 uh, that came out in 1951 is the first time where we actually learned that before he became the Joker, he was the Red Hood. And while running from Batman and trying to escape him, that's when he fell into the vat of chemicals. So this is a story that actually goes back, you know, you know, a, a couple dozen years before the telling of the killing joke. And the fact that they 
you know, the creators of The Killing Joke felt like it was necessary to go back to this story because they thought it was important enough to this particular character's history. I think, and because of how renowned that story is and the awards that alone that The Killing Joke won, I think this is probably the most legit origin story for Joker we're going to get. He was just a normal guy who wanted to make it. He had a wife. He wanted to provide for her. But as he quoted in The Killing Joke, in the best Joker quote of all time, all it takes is one bad day. Mm-hmm. And that bad day is what made... Jack, uh, I don't remember if his last name is Napier in the, um, uh, uh, in the Killing Joke, but I know it's Jack something. But all it took was that one day for just whole, his whole entire life to turn around. So I think that is the most legit origin story that ever written for the Joker. As far as ones that I'm not too fond of, so that's, again, a tough question because there aren't a lot of origin stories for the Joker really out there. There's a lot of different versions of the Joker, but most of them we don't really get an origin story. We just jump right in and he's the Joker right away. I'll have to disagree with Laura about Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, but probably not for the reason that she's thinking or anything like that. It's just that I'm not looking at this more of, I don't see that movie more as a origin story per se, but I'll touch up on that when we go over the movie later. So my least favorite would probably be whatever the origin story for, yeah, for Jared Leto's Joker, I would have to say they don't really go over his origin too much, Mm -mm. but it's not a very well-received version of the Joker. I've always said that I've always felt like Jared Leto's Joker was a little underappreciated, but at the same time, it's really not that great at the same, you know, at, uh, at the same time. I just felt like you, we only got one opportunity to meet this particular version. So this would probably have to be whatever that particular character's background story is. It's probably something that wouldn't appeal to me, even though I don't know it. I just, I wasn't so as taken in by that version of this particular character. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm basically right there with Laura. Um, I, I have to agree, you know. And there's so many different Jokers out there, too, and so many mm-hmm. different stories. But these are the ones that really do stand out, mm-hmm. my opinion. So, yeah, I completely agree with both of you with The Killing Joke. That is mm-hmm. my favorite, quote, origin for The Joker. Just, yeah. Uh, a regular dude and just mm. one bad day away from just saying fuck it all and burning it down. I feel that's relatable. Mm. Um, uh, and, and then kind of going hand in hand with that uh, 1989's Batman uh, with Jack Nicholson, because it kind of goes along those same lines. Um, whereas it was just an accident, you know, with Batman trying to pursue yeah. the bad guy or whatever. Uh, even though Jack Nicholson's version was not like a Red Hood, he was still a a, a criminal. So I, I've always kind of liked those. Ver- I'm just going to keep bumping into my desk. That's great. Uh, hmm. So I've kind of liked, I, I do like both of those versions or some kind of combination of the two where yeah. just more or less happen chance and then a big vat of chemicals because it's Gotham and you have to have warehouses have to have with Giant vats uncovered. And <laughs> so many so many OSHA regulations that are <laughs> just don't... not being followed. You know, it's just, yeah. Makes you wonder, like, whose pocket OSHA's in, in Gotham? Hey, <laughs> That's maybe, maybe the open vats are, like, part of the oxidation process. It has to be that way. Otherwise, they wouldn't be so toxic. Who knows? <laughs> That's funny. It's Gotham. Who knows? Yeah, right. But uh, I, I, I do look at Joker, Joaquin's Phoenix's as 
a version of his origin story. Mm-hmm. And and kind of going along with like Heath Ledger's Joker from The Dark Knight in that he gives different stories as to how he got his scars and everything. I love this idea that you can never trust what the Joker tells you. When yeah. anything mm-hmm. is told from his perspective, you have to take it with like a grain of salt to be like, I don't know how much of this I believe. And I think there's a little bit of that within the killing joke because Eric, as you said, it's the retelling of. It's not the telling of. It's not, here's you know, young Jack or Arthur or whatever name, you know, it's the retelling yeah. of. So it, through flashbacks throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah. So I like those. And, you know, I didn't care for the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix's version, because I don't like, I really didn't like that connection they were trying to make with mental illness to unhinged villainy and snapping and having that and being having that kind of be... A, a springboard or so for that one bad day away, you know, because yeah, sure. he does he does say that, and he's like, "I had a bad day," and then from there, yeah. it's just pew. So that's I... really what I don't care for about that movie. I think it's a very well done movie. I think it's very well acted. I just it's almost I see it as almost like two movies. Here's a movie about this poor schlub Arthur, and then here is some. Not necessarily the origin, but like the early version of some sort of early version of the Joker when we get to that last like 20 minutes or so of the movie. Because mm-hmm. I like the Jokery bits, but I just didn't like how he you got You didn't there. like the connection to mental health. I really didn't. Okay. No, that, and, That's you my know, biggest issue with it. Yeah. They might have gotten away with that too if it weren't <laughs> for, for those <laughs> meddling, those meddlesome medications. Because <laughs> there was a scene in the movie when uh, Arthur kills the guy he used to work with who kind of set him up with the gun in the first place. Yeah, yeah. He said, I stopped taking my medication. Mm -hmm. So right away that facilitated, okay, that's the reason he's totally off the edge now. And considering, you know, what we have going on in the real world here as far as mental illness being blamed or, or rather, you know, scapegoating the, these mass shootings and everything, like, this is why. So it's not really a problem. I just, I feel like that is, is a criminal thing to do. But also then to, to paint people with mental illnesses as this just broadly um, unstable and, and, criminal and evil um that doesn't do any favors either i mean it it goes right back to the whole all the bond villains had some sort of disfiguration or disability Mm -hmm. you know i i really 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 get rubbed the wrong way when they lean too heavy on that not saying that someone who is a bad guy like in real life or in in uh fiction can't have mental illness as part of their personality, as part of their life, as part of whatever. I'm not saying that they can't have a disability. I'm not saying any of that. But when you lean so heavily into it that it is the primary driver for the way that their life is turning out, that's a problem. So that, yeah. So, so that's the impression you got from the movie, huh? Because I, I got I, I see where you're getting that impression, but that's not completely what I what I get from the from Joker. 
Um, I, Jen, I don't know if you want to start going into this discussion now, but... Uh... Yeah, we might as well. Okay. Uh, and the only thing I'll say about Jared Leto's Joker is while I don't care for his, as we kind of mentioned in our Batman conversation, I don't care for his behavior on set, that whole method acting and His off-screen antics and yep, all that. And, yeah. and putting his co-worker and ter terrorizing his co-workers. Mm. I thought it was... I, I thought it was kind of an interesting version, and mm -hmm. like I like I've said, I think the problem part of the problem was that the movie itself was being too hyped. His role mm -hmm. and amount of screen time that we were expecting was overhyped versus what we actually mm -hmm. ended up getting. Sure. So I feel like we kind of got shortchanged in seeing this version. Now I I'm not saying I want to, you know, I'm not saying like give Jared Leto his own Joker movie. Please stop hiring Jared Leto to do <laughs> the actings. But I was I was very curious when to see this version. We didn't get much, so I was kind of left a little maybe a little hungry for just a little bit more. Had he just had a bit mm -hmm. more screen time to show a little bit more of that that unhinged yeah. of the of that character, but it was but yeah, I mean, and that's yeah, I can and that's agree it. With that. I, I think the Snyder Cut gave us a little more of what fans kind of were hoping from Jared Leto, but it still, it was only like a 10-minute scene. It didn't, I don't think it fed us enough, mm -mm. but still, I think it showed a little more of what Jared Leto was capable of pulling off as the Joker, but I don't think we're ever going to get that. No. Any, any, you know, it, it, unless some miracle happens... There, we're never getting it where he's never going to come back as the joker and i don't even know if i would use the word miracle i use that word yeah. very loosely i wouldn't call um, it a miracle <laughs> no, no. so but yeah miracle for him that he gets hired again as the joker we'll yeah. say that but not for us as fans <laughs> so laura i 100 i respect your opinion about joaquin phoenix's joker and you do you do make a lot of really solid good points there are other reasons why I dislike this movie. That was just, that okay. was the one that made me immediately angry. And that's um, fine. And I understand that. And I totally get it um, because I, I have to I agree with you. 10 mm -hmm. minutes into the movie and I was like, oh shit, I'm already mad. This is, this is going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think also the movie is, is attempting to be a social commentary. And maybe if that was the focus, it might've worked out better, but as part of that, it's in, it's attempting too hard to engender sympathy for the Joker's plight and where he came from. And I personally, as a Joker fan, do not want that. Mm -hmm. Ditto. I think it diminishes. I think it diminishes the Joker as the unique villain that he is, Ditto. and the the unique villain that he was intended to be from his origin. But Ditto. then, the third thing. That I just cannot wrap my head around about this movie, and this is from the Batman perspective. Uh -huh. He's his mom is supposed to have worked for the Waynes, yeah, thirty years ago. Mm -hmm. So at best, at best, this makes him thirty years old. Now, mm -hmm. looking at Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, he looks a bit older than that. Yep, but that's true. <laughs> at best, he's thirty years old. Bruce Wayne is supposed to be what nine, ten. Well, the Joker's right? the Joker's like twenty three years older than Batman already. He's already got over twenty years on Batman, and that goes back to Batman's origins from the from the comics and from the old Detective comic books. So, right. but when we're talking about a modern Joker, they yeah. do not 
appear to have that age gap. Why? Sure. I assume because the Joker does more and more outlandish things, you know, from a, a physical capability standpoint. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. can you really see an old man doing that? Now, mm -hmm. I'm no. saying at best, he's 30 years old and it fits that timeline, but mm -hmm. it's Joaquin Phoenix. He doesn't even look 30. Mm -mm. So we're talking about him being positively AARP geriatric <laughs> by the time Batman becomes Batman. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay. So let me also, ask. I had, before, before you say anything else, um, yeah. I got to switch headsets. This one just dropped battery level way down for some reason. So Okay. Well, let's take a quick pause while Laura does that. I need to use the bathroom and then we'll come back to pooping on this movie. <laughs> well, at least you two will. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So uh, back to the whole uh, kind of age difference with the Joker. I actually had that written down as well, where I'm like, okay, is this kind of like, like Alfred to, to Bruce? It's just going to vary throughout because yeah. I would agree. <laughs> Joaquin does not look, no offense, Joaquin, but his portrayal of Arthur did not look to be in his 30s. It looked to be right. closer to late 40s. So that was kind of confusing. <laughs> mm -hmm. But also remember, uh, I don't. He was adopted. You know, he's not her natural born son. So I just don't remember how old he. I don't know if they talked about how old he was when he was adopted. But still, at the same point, I mean, it, you're right. I mean, even when he would have been adopted, based on how the timeline of this particular movie, he still would have been somewhere within his 30s. I'm guessing. Um, but at the gosh. at the least, at yeah, least, right, and right. that's being. I think I think we're being generous. Yeah, but, I feel like that's a stretch. Yeah. So, but um, you know, as far as like what I think of this film, so I actually really thought this film personally was brilliantly done. Not so much on the perspective of the origin story of the Joker, and not even on mental health. I really am not personally com comfortable tackling the mental health aspect of this movie too much because I'm not an expert in mental health. I don't want to talk sit here talking about it and pretending that I am because I'm really not. I understand that, yes, they, they really did focus very heavily on it, and I could see why that could be a problem. I, I absolutely can. But there's a few th other things that I took away from this movie, and one of the things you actually mentioned is that this movie actually, to me, was a social commentary on the current state of violence in the United States, only with a comic book skin. Okay, that's how. That's the biggest thing that I took away from Joker. Okay, um, is whenever we have massive shootings, or, the, or just basically any type of violence that that involves white males, the first thing that a lot of well, what we face in mostly right-wing medias and stuff like that will point to is mental health. Okay, and I truly feel like this is more a commentary on that than anything. And I. Yeah, but I feel like the problem is it's an affirmation of that belief rather than a, a, contradic a contradiction to it. Like, even if mental health is a factor, like, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be, well, he did this because he's mentally ill. No. No. no you I, can be mentally ill and, and not choose to do these things. I, un I understand, but I don't feel personally like... He the storyteller was trying to portray this, that he did all these things because he was mentally ill. We're talking about a man who society turned against. Okay. They shit this guy out into the streets. Yes. 
yes, he absolutely. Uh, yes, he he absolutely uh, did have uh, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, I don't even know how to how to fucking say it. Um, he he was he was mentally ill, you know, in accordance to, you know, this film, but we're talking about a man who has probably one of the just a terrible terrible life. Let's just face it. First off, just his childhood alone what we find out about later in the film and how that comes back and how, when he finds out about that, that is what I truly believe is what broke Arthur. It had nothing to do with his mental illness. It was the fact that he found out that his life was basically a lie. And at the same time, he's, he's being cut off from being able to see to, to see his therapist. He has no access to his medications because there's no funding for it. Thomas Wayne, you know, who he's under the impression in this film later becomes under the impression in this film that that's his father. Cause the woman that he's supposed to trust more than anyone in the world has been feeding him. Well, she didn't feed him that lie. He found out through letters, but you know, he believed her when he confronted her about it. Basically everything that happened to Arthur over the course of his life turned out just to be one big lie after another. Yeah, and but this is exactly my point. There is enough in this film without the mental illness aspect that would make this work. Mm -hmm. But instead, they they threw in mental illness as the main focus with those things as a backdrop to that. Yep. And that's where I think they went wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think they could have still had all those terrible things that had happened to Arthur and it still be, you know, sad, tragic, whatever. Uh, without the mental because that's what we open with is his mental illness and granted mm -hmm. you know these are twists that come later in the movie about his mom and the truth about his mom and the truth about him I will say I did like that uh, he was adopted and we still don't know anything about him yeah. pre being adopted because mm -hmm. I, I just I just like the mystery of any pre joker life but I everything it, it shitty childhood or not abuse abusive home life or not these are there's still choices that are being made by a grown-ass man later mm -hmm. in life yeah. mm -hmm. sure so. sure it's just that see this is a very different joker style movie that or just character that we've ever gotten throughout the history of this character okay so i think that there is a lot of there's a lot to take in with it with, with joaquin phoenix's joker and not everybody's going to agree with how it was handled and how it was directed. And I'm not disagreeing with you, either of you, in any way about how they portrayed, you know, the mental health aspect of this film. I, I'm not. Okay. But for someone like me who has no knowledge in that field, you know, when I hear you talk about it feels like it was kind of more of like the backdrop of everything that's going on. I guess I can kind of see it a little more. But I it's think the what star the story... of the show, every other bad event in his life is the backdrop. And that's that's the thing that bothers me about it. And you don't have to be an expert in, in mental health to recognize the sensationalization of it as a plot device, uh, because we've seen it before. We've seen and we'll see it again. And we've seen that with disability in general. And from a mental illness standpoint, mental illness can be disabling. So sure. people with mental illnesses are members of the disability community. Yeah. Um, so I see it from that perspective. I Again, yeah. 
that's the driving factor. I'm sorry, but because of my disability and my own childhood growing up, I've had a not so good life at times. And I would never, I would never do these things. I would never even think to do these things, no matter, no matter where my headspace was at, at at the time. You know, I do agree with the premise that it just takes one really bad day, but like the thing is about this movie, if, if, if the general way that it was done wasn't enough to drive home this point of, yeah, it's mental illness plus, um, they had that they had that other comedian at the club mm-hmm. the night that Arthur was taking notes to learn how to do it right. They could have had him do any sort of set. They could have had him do any range of jokes within that set. But they ended the focus on his set with a disability joke. Mm-hmm. And not one that I found funny. Yeah. Right. Right. So and you know I like to joke about my disability. I think it's awesome at times like you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) i can't make fun of myself right but that one that one hurt and why why did they include that they're assholes i don't fucking know (laughs) i think personally just like for me as a viewer watching something like this yes there are definitely a lot of moments throughout this film that are very discomforting you know there's no doubt about that hearing and seeing hearing it from your perspective does kind of put a little more light on the situation for me because I don't have the same experiences as you do. You know, you're, you're a good friend of mine, but I can never know what it's like to have grown up, you know, you know, with a disability. Um, and you know, currently li- or currently living with a disability. I, I, I don't know what that's like. So hearing what you have to say, your thoughts about a movie like this and the way that it for lack of better words, please, this is for lack of better words, glorifying a disability to give someone the excuse to become a serial killer or just be whoever, what Arthur turns into. That, that, that is very damaging to those in that community. It absolutely is. And nonetheless, like we were talking about before, just the social commentary on how disability is placed uh, or mental illness is placed on those who commit, you know, mass shootings and shit like that. It doesn't change my opinion of how I feel about the movie. I really thought it was a well-done movie. It probably won't be the last time I watched the movie, Um, but it will probably be the last time that I, this last time will probably be the last time I watch it from the mindset that I had going in. Cause now I'm going to, when I go into it in the future, all I'm going to see is well you're this. just you're going to be more aware of yeah. some of the yeah. maybe criticisms or concerns and i'm sorry for the have. long yeah and i'm sorry for the That's long right. pause it's just that you know you know me i never go out to offend anybody but when it's something i'm not like i i don't know how to talk about because i've never truly had those conversations I'm trying to be careful with my words here. I'm not, I don't want to offend no, that's, anybody. That's all right. No need to apologize. You take yeah, your time. But, you don't have choices, to worry about it. Yeah. Word choices but, are important. I get it. That's I, you're good. I do have one thing I want to say. Last thing I want to say about this movie. This is my last thing. So my theory is going back to the age difference between Bruce and uh, 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 Arthur. Yes, that is a pretty big age gap there. Even though in reality, in the in the comics his, in comic history, Joker is well over twenty years older than Bruce Wayne. Here's my theory on this: I don't believe Arthur is the Joker. 
Do you I, think he is the inspiration for the Joker? I think he is the inspiration for the Joker. Exactly. I don't know if that's going to play out. It's just a theory. But I believe that Arthur is going to be the one who inspires the Clown Prince of Madness. Hmm. So, and I know that the, the Joker sequel has been greenlit. Okay. How unfortunate. And, and I know that Lady Gaga has now been cast as Harley Quinn. Is that confirmed? Is that I confirmed? I think it is. I think it is. And hmm. it's supposed to be a musical, which and that's I am confirmed. I think so. Uh, from what I understand, I read this yesterday. It's going to be more along the lines of, God, I hate to say this, but it, this is what the article said. The musical aspect of this movie is going to be more along the lines of the rape scene from A Clockwork Orange from when they're singing, singing in the rain, as opposed to Sound of Fantastic. So Great. Great. Yeah. Okay, look. So. If this sequel somehow puts a better perspective on this first movie, then I might not be so upset about it yeah. um i'm still going to be upset about it from the way that it treated mental illness there's there's no coming back from that uh, that was a really insensitive and not well thought through thing to do and considering as you you know both have mentioned it is so well acted you think they would have put the same kind of care and consideration into how they framed their story mm-hmm. not saying that mental illness can't be a part of it but when you make it the driving force it's a problem his, but, his one of his last lines in the movie to robert de niro's murray you know when he's on the show right before he kills him is that you know what do you get when you cross a mentally ill loner with a society that has abandoned him you know so they are actually putting in at least this character in that moment is putting putting a lot of it on the mel- mental illness and society and yeah. using that as the excuse now yeah, mental illness can always be treated better and you know just in not only in movies but in real life and dealt with in a better more productive manner of course but i just the way it, i would agree i just agree with laura i think they just relied a little a lot too heavily on it for this movie and I'd be fine with it if it was just a standalone movie about some dude named Arthur having a rough go at it, maybe not ending with a murder or the movement of people uh, rioting in the streets and everything, looking to him as their messiah. Yeah. You know, if it was just that commentary on mental illness and leaving people behind and letting down in society, letting down people and people being let down by by society. Yeah, yeah without that them would have being been, a serial killer, that would have yeah, been awesome. That would have been fine, but the but again, I just that's why I view this as like two separate movies. I don't view it as I, I view it like the first three fourths of the movie as that, and then the last little bit that lasts like twenty minutes or so of something more along the lines of Joker after his bad day. You know, you know, Anastasia made a comment when she was watching it with me the other day that she never thought about it the first time she saw it. She this was only her second time watching this movie. This was like my fourth. Um, and she says she didn't think about this the first time she watched it. But the second time viewing it, she's like, you know, I wonder what kind of impression this movie would actually what this movie would have on those who just want to go out and start killing people and use mental illness. as Exactly. An excuse. Exactly. It's a blueprint. 
Yeah, it, it is. And I'm like, sorry, yeah, but I it sent, is. I sent you to that uh, that that uh, that article the other day about that neo, that uh, white supremacist neo Nazi who would go on to chat roulette and he would dress up as the Joker. And uh, there's actually a, I, I found a video of that guy just chatting with some random family, and they're laughing the whole time. But he's just spitting some awful shit, and he has a gun in his hand the whole time. And yeah, I mean, it's just it's just you could take something like this and. Yeah, you can totally use it as an excuse. And the thing is, is that people will buy into it. They will yeah. buy. They'll mm-hmm. buy into that because. And even when the movie was being was coming out, when the movie was first coming out, there were warnings against this film for theater go for moviegoers that this that like there were going to be armed guards at some theaters. Weapons were not going to be permitted into theaters. Which which fucking movie theater would permit a weapon anyways? But still, like there were true there were warnings against this movie and like what. What, what basically what 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 type of message it spits out and and all of that know. after the Batman movie theater shooting however many right. years ago yeah yeah true yeah yeah in uh in, in Colorado right mm-hmm. right but back to that line that Jen brought up you know what do you get when you cross a mentally ill owner with a society that's abandoned him that is exactly the justification that we see over and over again in the news cycles whenever yep. a shooting happens yep. yeah. Yeah. So this movie is just too close to reality to be, I, for me anyways, any any way enjoyable. I watched it twice for the for the sake of the pod. Can't say I'll watch it again. Like I will, likely. I will not. That's fair, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and that's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I will agree that taken in isolation, there are some good scenes in this movie that do provide an excellent picture into and commentary on just how many ways the system fails people who need help Mm -hmm. and and i think that again if it didn't have this comic book skin to distract from it and the the this all culminating into being a serial killer this could have been a really good piece to to highlight where everything is broken and you know maybe maybe even get it into some people's minds about how we could fix it mm-hmm. but instead it's just another turn at the joker because it's attention grabbing yeah. and it's potentially oscar worthy let's be honest if this movie was not a joker movie would it have been as widely seen would it have been as popular as a discussion piece i don't think so i don't think so either no i have to agree i don't think so and that's why I just cannot buy into this as a Joker movie. Now, there are similarities between this movie and The Killing Joke in terms of the origin story. Failed comedian. Mm-hmm. Okay? But The Killing Joke, The Killing Joke did that in a way that did not focus on mental illness. Mm-hmm. It literally was one bad day. Yes, the dude was stressed. He wasn't having the best life. But it was just one bad day. It didn't do that deep dive into his psyche Mm -hmm. and i think that's why the killing joke works so much better than this movie from the failed Mm -hmm. comedian perspective yeah yeah man this was a deep discussion (laughs) and you know i knew that this movie was going to take up a fair chunk of time uh because i knew how i felt about it i knew how laura felt about it i knew how you felt about it eric so i knew it was going to be a great discussion and i think it was even better than i could have planned or imagined well one thing i just want to if i I just want to add one more thing and this isn't so much about a commentary on the joker it's more commentary on our conversation here laura a lot so much of what you said today just makes perfect sense 
Um, and for someone like me, I know I said this before. I just want to I just want to reiterate it though, or just say it one more time that I think when you don't know a lot about a topic, you know, but you so but you're someone like me who's fortunate enough to have a friend who's you know part of that community, you know, um, you in just the last half hour you pretty much opened up my eyes a little more to what this movie again more glorified than you know than really um than anything else it's just really i feel like this i can't look at this movie the same way going forward as i did a couple of days ago and you know i think that's really all we're looking for is just to give people that other set of eyes to view things through when they go and do their rewatches and whatnot if these are topics and discussion points that they hadn't thought of before like that's you know that's fine it's like now now i'm not gonna unsee it you know because that's the thing yeah i feel bad though because it might ruin the movie for you (laughs) i I don't think uh, yeah well we'll, that we'll see how it works the next time i decide to watch that which might be a while from now but i mean um, on the other side of it it's not my intention to to tell anyone that their perspective on a movie or whether or not they enjoyed the movie is wrong because you know your perspective is your frame of reference and that's all you're going to have from from your own experiences and that doesn't make that wrong it just it you have a different lens than i do yeah yeah um and if you enjoy it through your lens then great i mean like i said take it in isolation there are things in that movie that i enjoy um if we're just talking about the joker character itself and you know his infamous style of villainy the train riot was very Joker-like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, that was probably the most Jokery moment of the movie, in my opinion. But that and the dancing down the stairs, I thought was kind of Jokery, too. <laughs> nah, that was Tobey Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, that was good. Uh, oh no, my favorite moment of the dancing down the stairs thing was when the cops showed up and totally like killed his buzz. It was like record scratch moment. I'm like, yeah, that's funny. But yeah, then but good. then like the train riot was the j- most jokery move, you know, moment of the movie and taken in isolation. I was like, yeah, okay, there's a hint. Yeah. Um and you know, we've got plenty of good moments from Arthur's life to show from a social commentary perspective that yes these social services and our healthcare system and whatnot is broken and it shouldn't be, but like, I don't understand how those two become the same movie. You know, and it's so funny because they, you mentioned it, it was mentioned before that everything else that they showed in his life outside of his mental illness that was going on, those were like the perfect stepping stones almost to, to that showed the, how, Arthur became the Joker. They could have just gone with that alone and built off of that traumatic childhood lying mother, you know, Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to portray her, you know, just failed comedian. It was all there, Mm -hmm. but then they threw the mental health aspect on top of it. And it just kind of put all of that into the background. So yeah, crazy, crazy movie. Um, Great conversation here. I think. Awesome. I loved it. So um, I'm going to go ahead and hit up a few stray bubbles with this movie real quick uh, instead of saving to the end in case I happen to forget because that happens quite a lot. So I had written down, you know, the age difference between Arthur and Itty Bitty Bruce. Itty Bitty. 
itty bitty. And then because like Arthur even looked older than Thomas Wayne. And then uh -huh. Thomas Wayne felt really dirty in this movie, even though he wasn't oh. in it a lot, but he just felt grimy and just greasy as fuck. He um, was disgusting. I and, hated his character. And maybe, this. and maybe again, because we're seeing it through the lens, you know, from like Arthur slash, you know, quote, air quote, Joker's perspective, you know, what story or whatever, but I didn't like it. I was disappointed in the Alfred. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was really hoping... Uh, Alfred was gonna just like punch Arthur in the face between the gate or something. That'd you know me. I, I want more ass kicking Alfred. Yeah. Yeah. Um at the end, the close up of Arthur's face when he, after he's been caught and everything and he's singing uh the one song he keeps singing. Mm -hmm. But it, it kinda gave me like um psycho vibes, like the end of the movie Psycho with Anthony Perkins and the way he stares at the camera. And it's not like a complete uh, take on that but it had it was very familiar in that sense and mm -hmm. the last thing i'll say is that you know in the scene where uh, as arthur's starting to crack or whatever he empties out his fridge and then crawls in it i wrote at least <laughs> arthur knows how to close a fridge door <laughs> so yeah because yeah, catwoman doesn't <laughs> so funny thing funny you mentioned that uh so that scene actually was not scripted so oh. that's that scene was Joaquin Phoenix being just doing his own fucking thing. Like that was not part of the script. He was never meant to do that. And he just started doing it and the fucking cameras just kept rolling and they kept it in the movie. Nice. So I really enjoyed his I really do really did enjoy Joaquin's performance in this. I thought he was very, very, very good. I think it's just a well-made movie, but I'm not super sold on the story and everything. Um, mm -hmm. one other thing I, I don't know, maybe I was, I think I was trying to make it more into a thing than it was, but it, there was one scene where he's writing in his little joke journal or whatever. Yeah. And then he switches to it and he's writing with his right hand and then he switches to his left hand and he's writing something. It's all big and, uh, you know, not neatly written or anything. So then I started wondering, is this going to be like a DID thing? So the second time I watched it, I was trying to pay attention when he used his right hand as his dominant hand and when he would use his left hand as the dominant hand. Cause I'm like, is, and cause I'm like, I'm watching this assuming too, that Joaquin Phoenix is good as a good enough actor that he would be able to keep the distinction between the two if that yeah. was a plot point sure. i don't think it is maybe arthur's just a bit ambidextrous because uh, so fires... i have something about that well because he fires the gun with his left hand but he does most of his smoking with his right hand <laughs> yeah <laughs> so just these little things but i i wasn't able to make any kind of for sure connection but laura you have a little something on that yeah so Ooh. i actually learned <laughs> to write a bit as a kid with my left hand and with my feet as an occupational therapy technique really? and for someone who has like compulsive issues maybe it was you know a therapy technique that they use for him as well yeah, um but i i wouldn't know for sure but i know that it is a therapeutic technique to you know it's kind of like tricking the brain into rewiring how it does things through okay. some some menial task like you know there's occasional challenges like try brushing your teeth with your non-dominant hand for a month or whatever and you know for me in occupational therapy um weirdly 
learning to write with my feet actually helped me learn better fine motor skills and muscle control across the board. Interesting. So I am... I'm wondering if that was like a nod to all the therapy he had been in, you know, because it was mentioned early on in the movie that he'd been hospitalized once already. Yep. Um, and he's supposed so, to be journaling. He's supposed to be. Right. Yeah. So, okay. That's so I didn't point. know if it was part of that or not. Like, this is just me, again, seeing it through my lens, thinking yeah, that, sure. okay, maybe it's that. So that was my justification for it. I didn't think DID at all, but that's a that's a good one too. Well, I went um, DID because they were leaning so quickly and heavily on mental illness that I was like, oh, is this going to be like an underlining, like not really something that will come to light, but something that's just under that surface. But I think your point is, is more accurate, I, I think. Who knows? Um, it might just be something random. <laughs> We're it could just, be. like reading too much into it. But <laughs> us? What? No. Never. <laughs> and then speaking of that, the Thomas Wayne thing, like I was really upset by his portrayal because it's like, that's not the Thomas Wayne I know. Yeah. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, he is a billionaire and you can't become a billionaire by being a nice person. Yeah. Usually, you know, usually. So. This Maybe true. this is more accurate. I don't this, know. This is and true. then, you know, on the whole fact that Arthur is adopted, okay, all the paperwork points to that and everything, right? But then he finds that picture of his mom when she was younger and whatnot. And Thomas Wayne wrote something on the back of it about loving her smile. So, you know, I, I felt like that was left more ambiguous still, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know if I like the whole idea of the Joker being Thomas Wayne's love child. I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been then, crazy about it. But it would kind of explain that connection, that draw that Joker always has to Bruce slash Bats, you know, an un- yeah. unwritten. Yeah. But go ahead, Laura. <laughs> Sorry, right. I, I, I think I lost my my thought now. Okay. Um, jo- Joker and Batman being brothers. Wow. No. <laughs> Just, but just the idea of it. I mean, think about that. I mean, that would make that would make for a good comic, though. That really would. wouldn't that be like a, a DC wait, wouldn't that if? be like the odd couple kind of because like the Joker's so like energetic and eccentric and evil, and Batman's like so stoic and broody oh and a sitcom. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. But uh, okay, wait. I remembered now. So okay, because I was when thing Arthur too. was was messing with his face at the gate, you know. Like, oh, yeah. why, is, why is little Bruce so sad before his parents died? Because <laughs> <laughs> his dad is greasy and grimy and... Oh, poor um, Bruce. But I'm just saying, like, this iteration, wait, should you be so upset that your parents died? Because you didn't seem happy to begin with. I will say this. One, uh, one last note that I have is that this is a Joker movie. And we still had to watch the fucking Waynes die. I know. And right? the pearls. Oh the my pearls. God. Oh, said it. Yep. I know. I was like, no. You know what's funny? The moment, the moment you saw them come out of the oh, theater, yeah. you knew it was happening. Yeah. You were just like, and even when I saw it in theaters, I was just like, God damn it. <laughs> I'm glad I like didn't 12, see it in theaters. Because like, if what? I had popcorn, I'd have thrown it at the screen. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Like, Man, no. <laughs> I'm so tired of the origin story. Uh, it was funny. As it was happening, once he got shot, even before the the, the guy went up to Martha, I was like, now here comes the pearls. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so. 
All right. Well, that's enough on the Joker, on the Joker movie. Anything you guys want to add for like the killing joke or anything else with regards to origin story-esque? Yeah. Actually, Eric, you had mentioned in a chat that you have trouble with the first part of the killing joke because of what what they added in. Yeah, it, uh, it, it I wanted to belong. hear more about that. It doesn't belong there. It's not part of the original story, and it was just filler. The Killing Joke is not about the the only thing that the Killing Joke is about when it comes to to, to Barbara Gordon is how she how how she became paralyzed, which eventually bring uh, turns her from Barbara Batgirl to Oracle. Mm-hmm. That is the origin of that. That is the only purpose for that in the story. I am a I, I just and when I watched it, I was just like, I don't get any of this. And then the whole Batman Batgirl thing I that happens that I don't want to talk oh, about. That you did the finger thing. You did. Yeah. <laughs> you did do the finger thing. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say it, but you make a motion. I feel like that was. All right, when Batgirl fucks Batman, <laughs> Jesus, make me say it. That does. That should not happen. That was. But really wait, weird. isn't there a comic storyline? Really isn't there a comic storyline where Batman gets Batgirl pregnant while she's dating Robin? What? I swear that is. I don't know this I, story. I swear <laughs> there is. I'm gonna find there it. There probably is. There's so many Batman stories out there. Maybe there is, but. Well, and I was gonna say, isn't there? And maybe it's just from the Batgirl comic that they pulled from. But isn't there a, a storyline where they do like at least sleep together? At least whether it's a one night stand or date a little bit. Not that I know of. I've never known of Barbara Gordon to date or have or have relations relationships with bruce wayne batman whatever i've if there is i'm not familiar with those stories gotcha um but yeah personally i just don't i felt like it was all just filler because oh oh, laura found something what did you find bruce wayne got batgirl pregnant in batman beyond (laughs) not only is bruce and barbara's relationship scandalous to fans it's also infuriating to dick grayson who was her boyfriend at the time <laughs> what? Oh, Dick got dicked around. <laughs> Holy shit, she's right. <laughs> Why oh would you my... doubt her? <laughs> oh, I didn't doubt her one bit. I just had to see it for myself. Fair enough. Oh my god. Okay, so maybe that's what I was thinking about. Uh, oh I was my god, this the article IMDb. is perfect because it oh, says. Shit. Although some fans might forget that both Bruce and Dick had romantic relationships with Barbara during Batman The New Adventures, audiences were enraged when Batman and Batgirl got together in the animated adaptation of The Killing Joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there you are. It's, there it's, an article, it's an article just for you. I'm gonna there you go. In the it's, chat. it's all about me. That's <laughs> right. So, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I guess I'm just a purist when it comes to a story like The Killing Joke because it was so well written. This was the, the, this is a story that, re- that received multiple awards. I didn't see the reason why they had to add more to it, but I understand if they would have just told it as is, it would have lasted only less. It would have been less than 45 minutes long. And that's why they wanted to make it since it was going to and it ended up getting like a small theater release, one of the first animated Batman movies to be released in the theater so you know to kind of make it a bit more worth it for fans and, uh, and everything i think so, what they should have done i mean it was total filler 
I think they could have probably focused more on Jack name on Jack's uh, bat backstory even a little further. You know, just work more, focus more on the Joker. You know, with him and his wife. How do you get involved with these? You know, with these criminals. You know, what ha You know, just everything that brought him to that point to where he became. You know, the Red Hood for that night. But whatever they they went they went the sexy route. That's what they wanted to do. <laughs> I guess. Well, and then because they had to draw that parallel between so uh, Bats and Barbara have fucked. So now when Joker came back and shot Barbara and paralyzed her and then ultimate and then eventually raped her. Yeah, it was that was like Joker's way of trying to make sure I don't know, like him and him and Batman stayed on like even playing field or something or like no. you had this and I can have it too kind of thing. I'll admit I never liked that Joker raped Barbara and you Almost know we don't see it obviously that. but but yeah. I always felt like Joker's above that but it was me too but because rape is a power move this was clearly a power play and a power and manipulation tactic and in but the I end, still I feel like Joker's above that and I don't think he raped her because he was like oh now I have this vulnerable girl or no, rape no. her he did it because he was like he he just so he could prove to to her father and he knew Batman was gonna get there eventually mm -hmm. he just wanted to prove that he has this power or something that they just you know it's kind of like you said it's a yeah. power move basically yeah. it's all it's all it's what it's all about but man, but the Killing Joke is really such a such a great story. Even if you take out, you know, the whole part of what they did in the movie, um, just because it's the it, it, the beginning scene in or opening uh, pages of the Killing Book comic is Batman going to Arkham Asylum to meet with who he thinks is going to be the Joker to have that discussion about possibly rehabilitating him. He's saying, "I don't want to kill you, and I don't want you to kill me." There's got to be a fine line where we can somehow break bread and work together here. But in the end, we learn between these, at least between these two characters, it's not possible. Mm -hmm. The only sense of that that we ever get is at the end of the story when they have that laugh together. Mm -hmm. It is all we get throughout the entire history, really, of these two characters. And it's a powerful moment, but... Yeah, one of them someday are destined to kill the other. I mean, we've seen it in other stories play out where Batman kills him, but still. Do you think Batman killed him at the end of The Killing Joke in the movie? No. No? I don't think so. What about you, Laura? No. Yeah. Absolutely. But I love that they just kind of left it open like that. Yeah, yeah. It's a great story. Great, great, great you know, story. It is, and it only has like a 6.4 on IMDb, and I wonder how many... Like, I wonder if that's because of the inclusion of uh, Batgirl. It is. Probably. I guarantee it. Ugh. That movie would have been, that, that, that story would have been better off as just a short film, to be honest. A short. Yeah, but you're also bringing back Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill as the voices. And, so they, they would have gotten paid enough to make that it worth a while. <laughs> but still, you know, I, I think, yeah. They wanted to try and treat the fans, or they thought they were trying to treat the fans with something longer like that. And you're probably right, but but yeah. and you're right. It is total filler. I it is kind of weird, but whatever. I yeah. do like that. I was reading that um, both Kevin and Mark in the past had said that they weren't going to voice the respective characters, and then the opportunity to do the Killing Joke came along, and so they both signed on, yeah. and have I believe since have said that as long as one voices the other, the other will always come back. So yeah. well, that's Mark, really nice because I think Mark Hamill has said that 
you know, and this was a while ago that he wanted to retire Joker just because of the strain it was on his vocal cords. But sure. with, you know, as long as Kevin wants, Kevin's going to voice the bats. And if Mark can schedule it in, he'll be there. And I think that's, that's so cute. I think that's so Batman and Jokery. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And so honorable mentions, like I said, is uh, Cameron Moynihan from uh, the TV series Gotham. He plays essentially what, two, three different versions of uh they never call him joker but he's like he does such a good job there's like at first like the nice guy and then and then he dies and then i don't know there's like a secret twin brother or something but he's the more evil unhinged one that becomes more jokery with the look uh the voice and just that unhingedness so i think that's definitely worth mentioning but again it puts that age difference a lot closer between uh bruce mm -hmm. and and Joker. Yeah. yeah i really enjoyed his portrayal and i liked the fact that they never went so far as to call him the joker me it's too yeah i like that too because i mean we didn't get to the point in bruce's life where he was batman it was just heavily implied at this mm -hmm. point that that's where he was going so i liked that joker's storyline was the same and yeah i agree completely cameron did an amazing job i was totally totally entranced by that character transformation and the different facets of it and everything like i always love hated gotham's you know nod to soap opera stuff and that totally was one of those things but yeah. they, they they did it they did it in a way that was highly entertaining and really enjoyable so yeah um they never did make the musical episode but i guess we're gonna get one now aren't we uh, that's not the musical we wanted <laughs> no uh. All right. Well, that would have been nice to see a musical episode of Gotham, though. Let me it would have worked. I would have loved to have seen the Riddle. Yeah. I would have loved to see the Riddle. I wanted scene. to see Penguin <laughs> tap dancing so bad. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Oh, uh, we had it all written out, Laura and I, one day at work at our old jobs, and it was going to. We be actually amazing. did. We did. We spent like a lunch, like plotting it all out. I where it would it make sense. I, th I see, I picture it kind of like as a musical number from this last season of The Boys, just, you know, with more, you know, supervillains. <laughs> no, it would be more along the no. lines of Scrubs musical episode, but Gotham-y. Yes. Okay. Because The Boys episode wasn't really a musical. They had one musical no, number. Just a so that's why I, that's why I said that it was a sequence. Yeah. So, but yeah. yeah. But they're, yeah, oh man. Whatever. Yeah. We had, we had grand ideas. Wow. That's funny. The best. All right, well, let's move on. We spent a lot of time on that first little chunk. So let's go ahead and maybe we'll try and weave in a little bit of the live action and animation uh, versions mm -hmm. just for time's sake. So we'll just kind of maybe narrow down to some of our favorites. But with our live action versions, we obviously have Cesar Romero from 60s Batman. Pow, zap, zing. Corniest Joker ever. Oh, yes. And I love that he refused to shave his mustache. So it's just me too. Over. Yeah, it's become iconic now. It is. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, that was obviously the actor's choice. But I feel like you can almost argue that that was a Joker choice, too. Yeah, sure. I guess. I don't know. Well, I think oh. anything is possible with this character, with Joker, because you never know. You never know. You can't trust it. And be like, yeah, whatever. All right. It's like, if I want a mustache, I want a mustache. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, and then of course we have Jack Nicholson's uh, version of the Joker from Batman 1989, which was the one aside from Cesar Romero, the one that I grew up with. And so he was my Joker for many, 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 many years. Yeah. I like the comically long gun barrel. That's, oh, that's the yeah. scene that sticks out in my memory the most. See, and I love Jack's, Jack Nicholson's Joker because I thought it was an, a, a beautiful mix of kind of that 60s campy look, but with that unhinged ruthlessness. Yeah, it had him. Red Hood sprinkled in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. So I that was, you know, and really between Nicholson and Ledger, we didn't get a lot of live action Joker in that time period. Because Nicholson did a great job for that. that yeah. That like, moment in time. Like, like no one it almost seemed like no one wanted to touch it so and think about how much how much criticism uh uh, uh heath ledger got um for being cast as the joker you know right. because before before anyone saw him on screen christopher nolan and his co-stars were really the only ones who knew how good he was before that movie was released so you know from the public's perspective of it was like how are you going to recast the joker jack mm -hmm. nicholson is the joker yeah. and now and people now I feel like every time that we cast a new Joker, we get those same arguments about the previous Joker. And I think you you're going to get that with any character version when an actor does that great of a job that Jack had done, yeah. you know. So you know, hats off to Heath Ledger for having the cojones to take it on for doing oh, to doing such a great job. You guys know how I feel about the, the posthumous or not the not. I don't think I pronounced posthumous. That right. posthumous. Posthumous, not posthumous. <laughs> <laughs> well, that works for a it's, Joker conversation. It's kind of spelled that way, but um, but you know how I feel about him being nominated and like winning the award and everything. Um, mm. I'm not. I don't want to say that I don't think he was deservant of it, but with his untimely passing, I just anytime this happens with an actor, I can't help but wonder how much of the tragic untimely loss goes into that decision making. Yeah, like he still. I, I think he still would have been nominated, but would he still have won? Is what I is. I feel like they the did it question. more just to honor his memory than exactly. to actually award his performance. Well, yeah. I mean, now if if his performance hadn't been as good as it was, they wouldn't have gone that far. I don't think. But you're right; it did elevate the votes. But yeah, sure. I I don't. I tend to just not think about the awards side of it and especially because it felt like, you know, back to Joaquin's Joker, that that's exactly what that movie was, was an awards grab. Um, but with with Heath's Joker, I don't think that he went into that movie going, I'm going to get an Oscar for this no. either. Right. And, and that made it more genuine too. And honestly, his Joker is very different to Jack Nicholson's in a lot of ways, but it's still very much the Joker. I mean, that is chaos incarnate and mm -hmm. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Heath Ledger really embodied the character. He, you, you could tell he did his homework. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he put his twist on it, you know, from everything from the occasional, like where, when his tongue would come out, you know, and he would lick his lips. <laughs> Which um, was a, a prosthetic, like that wasn't a character thing. Like his, apparently his mouth or lips would dry out from all the prosthetics. Oh. And so that just, you know, for lack of a better term, like that just kind of became, you know, an involuntary action yeah, yeah. on his part that just happened to it just fit happened with, to work and yeah. it, it really kinda, works it yeah. adds to the creepiness absolutely, absolutely. and you know Sorry. it's just you know <laughs> <That was gross. laughs> 
and he just really, really, he, he really sucked you in from the moment he re- he took his mask off in the bank when he said, you know, I can't remember the exact line he said when he was looking at uh, uh, the bank, the bank owner or the manager of that bank when after he got done robbing it. Just from that moment, all the way until this very last moment where he's swinging upside down in the building. It's just like Heath mm-hmm. Ledger grabbed you. He he was the reason you watched that movie. Mm-hmm. Christian Bale Absolutely. was Christian Bale was great as Batman, but come on, nobody was watching that movie to watch Christian Bale as Batman. Nah, nobody. not once the Joker came on screen and no, started exactly. doing his thing. You were like, "Whoa, wait a minute! Exactly. This is this is going to be interesting." And you know, they did so much right with that movie it was one it was still a very comic book-esque like movie you know it was very yeah. co- it was comic booky you know the, vis- the visual a- like the when the camera pans out and you see you know uh-huh. the like symbol in this the structure of the city like that was such a comic book move yeah. I, I i loved it I, I don't know it was shot really well it's very mm-hmm. dark you know I know that with like Batman movies, you know, making them more like these more like militaristic style movies, like what the Christopher Nolan films are, um, you know, sometimes it could get a little, over, you know, a little overwhelming, but <laughs> did you ever make it to the end of the Batman, Laura, our episode? No. Aww. Oh, you didn't? Oh, you got. I need to set. I need to set calendar me. reminders because I get distracted <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I get distracted again. <laughs> That's all right. You know what, Jen? It's funny. I've actually gone back like five times just to fast forward to hear that. Part. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if I want to listen to it now. Oh, it's good. You have to. It's it, great. It, it cracks me up every fucking time. Oh, oh so I was good. so happy when that got done. That, that was good. But uh, going, back to, going back to Heath Ledger's Joker, though, I mean, I just got to say, you know, I don't think we're... I don't think we're ever really going to get another Joker like Heath Ledger again. I mean, that's easy to say because Heath Ledger's dead. And, you know, obviously that's the case. But this style of Joker, you know, we're never going to see this again. We are, I feel like the three of us and everyone who's seen that movie, we are fortunate enough to have lived in a time when Heath Ledger was around to play this role. And you know what? What? Putting it in that in that frame <laughs> kind of makes more sense of the Jared Leto Joker. I think he was trying too hard to get that that impact that yeah. Heath had. And you and, know, Jer- Jared Leto's not a bad actor. I'm not gonna say anything about him as a person, but he's not a bad actor. I think he was pushed to try too hard, and the fact that he's know. a method actor fucked that all up for him. I don't know. Did you watch Morbius? I have not. No, I have but not. I, but I, I want to just because films. I, I want to see Morbius just because I know how much people have dunked on it. And then apparently like Twitter ironically was like, yes, re-release it in the theaters. So then they did. And then it fucking like it double bombed. Again. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> hilarious. Did so... you see actually after that, after after it bombed again, there was this uh there there was this uh, tweet that went up saying we were all busy that weekend, re-release it a third time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't see so, that one, but I saw yeah. people being like, no, no, stop, or they'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> they don't I get that seen... we're fucking with them. <laughs> 
I have seen a ton of clips from the movie and that was like enough to make me go, wow, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to convince Aaron to watch this with me. Wasn't there like some, there was a line in that movie that everyone was making fun of where he goes, it's Morbin time. Did he actually (laughs) say that? I think so. Did he really say that? I don't think think so. I've seen it all over social media. But see, I think that was just a meme. and I haven't seen it, but so I have no idea. Maybe it's it's not real. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't say it. I hope, I'm hoping he says it i that want him be, to say might be the one redeeming time. one redeeming oh my factor. god oh my god if they have like a outfit change montage like the power rangers <laughs> oh my god oh, that's like okay, seriously if this movie bombed twice here's what i'm saying now. um just from the clips alone that i've seen and the, knowing the fact that it bombed twice is he really a good actor is he <laughs> Jared Leto's a good actor. He's just been given some. Uh, so he he just he has a knack of taking up bad roles. Um, again, not a great person, but I do think he. I've seen some pretty good Jared Leto movies, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Anyways, this isn't about Jared Leto. No, ew, <laughs> no, ew, all right, no more. So okay, other live actions. We did get a little bit of Barry. That was my mic stand. I'm so sorry. We got a little bit of uh, Barry Kehogan. I don't know if that's. I, it's something along those lines. Yeah. Something like K-E-O-H-G-A-N uh, from Keegan? 2000. Keegan uh, from 2022's The Batman. So oh, I know we talked, We you know, we don't have to go in length uh, on this because I know we touched on it during our episode of The Batman, which is the number one most downloaded episode so thank you everybody Woo-hoo! for listening the Yay! super billion numbers of times i please let me know what we did right with that one because <laughs> <laughs> you guys seem to love it and and i love you for loving it so overall what did you think we don't get much just some dialogue mm-hmm. and obviously a clear hint that this is joker uh, so for those that hadn't listened to our Batman episode, quick takes. All right. I'm intrigued by the grotesqueness of his face mm-hmm. um, and his budding friendship with the Riddler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Only because I love this version of the Riddler so much. Yes. Um, but as I said in the Batman episode, and I'll say it again, at this point, I was already experiencing Joker fatigue. Yeah, I remember um, saying that. And I gotta say, I have a renewed fatigue thanks to a recent viewing. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Did either of you go back and watch the deleted scene that I told you about that featured the Joker? Not recently. No. Did you, Laura? No, I told you I wasn't wasn't going to. I don't know if you did it for the podcast. (laughs) I'm just, well, okay. All right. So um, I like him. I think if they are going to move forward with the Joker in this new Batman universe, I think he's a good casting choice. Yes, we don't get a lot of time with him, but I love his voice. Oh, his voice. And just like Laura said, just kind of the grotesqueness of his mouth and, you Mm -hmm. know, just everything, you know, how do you get those scars? You Mm -hmm. know, it's just, (laughs) I, 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 I can't wait till if he does come back on screen, I can't wait to see what the full figure of him looks like. Cause even in the deleted scene, 
you really don't get a good clear cut shot of his face. And it's like a five minute scene and they do a lot of camera shots on his character, but really the top half of his face is really blurry for a lot of it. But, Oh, I love his voice. His Joker voice. Is it's soothing, so isn't it? Good. It's mm-hmm. kind of ASMR in a way. <laughs> <laughs> like I we, need, we need the stranger things subtitle team for this. Oh <laughs> yes. <laughs> Squishy but, noises from lips. <laughs> but, Okay, yeah, his voice had that soothing quality to it, which is interesting, because in a way that can be very menacing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I, I will admit, having had some time away from that movie, and then seeing something else that ticked me off even more, gave me some better perspective on, <laughs> on the possibilities here. But, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about it, because I was really excited with the Batman that some of the other notable villains were getting their day again mm-hmm. because honestly Batman villains are the most psychologically interesting group of villains in the comic book universe in my opinion yeah. and and that shouldn't just be limited to the Joker as much as I love the Joker like can we please give some of the other ones their due 100% sure. fair enough which is why I really like the Batman because they actually focused on the Riddler, an, yes. a, an enemy they don't really focus on a lot in. And has never I been also scary feel... like that. Yeah, so that's well, why I love that movie so much. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect, perfect introduction to that to that new this new Batman series. Even films. without uh, the scary part, which I absolutely love, and I I, I will only see Riddler that way now. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Except maybe when we're watching Harley Quinn, but. Uh, <laughs> What I really loved about, I know, right? But what I really loved about this Riddler was that I think for the first time in a really long time, they did it right. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to be an intellectual villain, not the big brawny bruiser type guy. And I've seen that so often. Like he gets into the physical fights all the time. Like, no, that's not, that's not the Riddler. That's what he has goons for and henches. Henchmen. Gotta, gotta, gotta represent. Right. (laughs) You don't need to know how to fight to be dangerous. Mm-mm. No, he is amazing. And the way that he was using Batman, I thought that was really awesome. Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like <laughs> if, if this series, if it becomes a series, does the Joker justice and doesn't take away from what they've done with Penguin and Riddler, then I am all for it. Hell but yeah. if this turns into the Joker show part, you know, infinity, I'm not going to be happy. Yeah. Well, like I said in the last recording that we did, I believe that this movie's, you know, how good these movies are going to be is going to be based on how well the sequel is done. So, well, uh, time will tell. Yep, time will tell. All right. Any other honorable mentions for live action? I think we've covered kind of the bigger ones, the more well-known. I and do again, have there a aren't a lot out. of. Okay. I have one one honorable mention I want to make, and it's not a big one. It's not it's not something that people are going to gasp over. But you know what? There is. I would like to give an honorable mention to Prince <gasps> for his portrayal yes. of the Joker in the music video for the song "Party Man" for the 1989 film. That's right. I just thought that was a fantastic music video, and just seeing Prince dressed as the Joker was just oh. 
It was just so much fun. I, I was so it. happy you sent that because I forgot <laughs> I that he did you. songs with for the, for the movie. So, yeah. yeah, I agree. I did jot down one last one. I don't know if I'll call it an honorable mention, but it's a mention. Yeah. But uh, Jorah the Explorer, Ian Glane, Gane, I should probably look that up, um, from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays... Oh, nope. I'm sorry. He plays Batman. No, I'm sorry. What the fuck am I thinking? Yeah, he plays Bruce. But (laughs) but in the show Titans, uh, from at least where I'm at, we haven't actually gotten... We've we've met Joker in the sense that Jason Todd has died. Yeah. (laughs) So that was... There you go. That was fun to watch. I'm sorry. I don't know where the fuck my brain went there. Oh, you're all good. Okay. Uh, you went to Jorah the, the Explorer. I mean, that's pretty Jorah much it. Explorer. Well, look, there was a whole thread today on Game Is of Thrones Australian? characters. That sounded Australian. <laughs> <laughs> the whole like Twitter thread on Game of Thrones, like characters, deaths, all of that, uh, just got me thinking about Game of Thrones again. I God, I might end up rewatching it. Anywho, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> but remember when we loved it so much? Remember? What, yeah. Stop yes. it. Stop it. Season six. I'm watching Game. Of thrones right now is my background show for uh, for when i work out i'm on season four right now actually nice actually joffrey just died today wait can you do it can you do an experiment for science purposes please oh what do you want me to do like when you get to season eight can you compare your workout stats to the earlier seasons because like i wonder if it will make you work out harder because you're so mad about it or if it will make you work out less because you're so disappointed Oh, you know what? I have to buy a heart rate monitor anyways. So yeah, ah. that actually could be something I could do I could I could do for you. For oh, science. Hilarious. For science. For science. <laughs> Love it. And that's why we're here. We're here for science. And now we're gonna go ahead and for science talk about the animated versions, the Woo-hoo! voices. So of course we have Mark motherfucking Hamill baby. <laughs> as the Joker for Batman the Animated Series, The Killing Joke, and I think a handful of other animated versions. Alan Tudyk, my birthday buddy, uh, voices the Joker in the animated series Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say that I need every version of Commissioner Gordon to be based off of Harley Quinn's (laughs) Commissioner Gordon. Oh my God! Yes, Aaron agrees with you. Aaron agrees with you. (laughs) It's the best Gordon. (laughs) No offense to the Gordon to the Gordon portrayal in the Batman because I love that too. I'm sorry, but man, this is just awesome. (laughs) I love it. And then we have fine cop, Jim Gordon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited for season three. Oh my God! Have you guys watched the trailer for season three yet? Of course, several times. times. Yeah. Oh man, I let so I watched it real quick, real quick. I just got to share this me and Anastasia just watched it for the first time today with me and when the part of the trailer where Harley Quinn's like she was like Ivy I can't find your flower that's a first and she high fives herself (laughs) (laughs) that was fucking hilarious oh my god I'm so excited Anastasia cracked up so hard I'm so fucking excited for that show I think Ivy's my favorite character in the show but while we're on that subject would you like to know a random fun fact of course I would I have a new birthday buddy too from that <gasps> show. Who? Kite Man. Hell yeah! yeah. Who plays Hell Kite yeah. Man is my birthday buddy. Hell yeah! <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's amazing. I gotta find one now. June second's not a very commonly shared birthday with those out with with celebrities, but I will find one. We'll find one. We'll we'll get you there. 
Also voicing uh, Joker in Young Justice was Brett Spiner, who is more known as Data from Star Trek Next Generation. Now, while I didn't get any of those episodes in, I just had to put him on the list because I never knew that. And I thought that was fucking amazing as hell. So now I am definitely going to seek those out knowing Same. that he's the voice. Because I know, you know, Ross has gone through his DC phases and has watched. It's so funny. Yesterday, I'm going through the animated movies on HBO Max uh, looking for jokery things, and he's like, he's like, I know which ones I can't watch. <laughs> so he has them burned in his memory for that moment that he can. It's so funny. I like that. Um, Zach, Zach Galifianakis in Lego Batman is the voice how, of the Joker. And how I, surprising was that? I okay, so I love the Lego Batman. I don't think yeah. we talked much too. about much about Lego Batman during. I don't remember, but I I love this comedic silly take on the Joker and Batman's relationship and Will Arnett as the voice of Bruce slash Bats and then yeah. Michael Sarah as Robin ripping off his pants and he's like Rip! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of my favorite bits and uh but that back and forth that like de- codependent relationship it's clearly spelled out I think Joker is actually full on in love with Batman oh, in that yeah. movie totally but, and that's not the first time I've thought that either right. But I just I I love that their relationship and how it's portrayed in that movie, and, and I just I love all thing all things Lego. And he's just so sad when Batman tells him that he doesn't consider Joker to be his arch nemesis. Yes, like it breaks him. You just see his little Lego eyes just. And he's like, Batman's like, I fight other villains too. Like, <laughs> what are like funny? seeing other people? Wouldn't it be funny if it literally broken him? Like he started falling apart because <laughs> he's a Lego. And- yeah. <laughs> And you know what? Let's actually give credit here to something in that movie that we'll never, ever see again in any probably DC movie, Mar- even Marvel movie for that matter, is just th- because it's Lego, they brought in basically every Lego property that they could think of. Mm-hmm. And we saw for the first time and probably the only time Batman villains going against Daleks. And I just... Or, or teaming up with Daleks, I meant to say. And it was great. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. And and then the Eye of Sauron. And, oh, I can go Being not exactly true to the Daleks, but otherwise. No, no. Right? But still. <laughs> that's, Lord's, that's Lord's big problem that, with that, the that, movie. Well, that... well, remember, when they introduced Well, them, come on. Daleks versus Cybermen, anyone? Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> The way they introduced the docs, though, though, they're like, British robots, ask your friends. <laughs> you <know>? Yes. <laughs> ask and your nerdy ask... friends, that's what they say. And then it's just that exterminate. Yeah. <laughs> British robots, I feel like there's a whole genre there. <laughs> I think so. All right, so yes, I just have to throw that out because that was really, I loved it so much. Yeah. And then we have Troy Baker, who voices joker in many different animation uh movies series batman unlimited the long halloween also he was does the voice um as both batman and mr j in batman versus the teenage mutant ninja turtles i really enjoyed that movie i can't believe how much i enjoyed that movie and batman's hatred of pizza which apparently is also documented in some comic books (laughs) well it's very carb heavy it's you know it's not like a good fit meal. Do you see right. Alfred? I wonder if Alfred can make a good pizza. I don't oh, see I Alfred making could. a lot of pizzas. I bet. I Bruce. bet. I bet Alfred eats pizza by himself a lot. He goes I bet. and gets a Costco slice. Yeah, <laughs> I bet he just. I bet he just orders pickup from a pizza joint because he's so tired of cooking everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
He stays but, skinny, but we know it. But but, but we know Troy that. Troy Baker, I, you got to give him props. Like he's like Mark Hamill light. Yes. Um, yes. If you're not paying attention, like really close attention, or you're high, then you could mistake him for Mark Hamill. So you know, if there was someone who was trying really hard to follow in those footsteps, he did a great job. Well, they have similar mannerisms, though they really do, and that's why I thought this was Mark Hamill when I was watching the Long Halloween. Um, I don't. What did I say to you guys? I was like, "Oh, Mark Hamill's doing a good job in this movie, or some shit." Yeah, like you that. always love remember. Mark Hamill or something like that. Yeah, like, Mark, that's... you said. You said Mark Hamill is the Joker. Yes. And yeah. I was like, he doesn't voice the Joker in the long Halloween. And I, was, I think I put a long, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but, and I, you know, and that's funny because in my note for the long Halloween, I wrote that he's very Hamill-esque. And then yeah. Alan Tudyk is very Hamill-esque. So, yeah, sure. but, you know. I, I can't, yeah, spe- sure. I can't spe- speak to Brett Spiner. Zach Galifianakis, obviously, is not. He no. does his own thing. <laughs> no. And I love him for it. Um, but it just makes you wonder, like, is every voice, animated version of the Joker, is it going to need to be some sort of like Hamill, like a dash of Hamill in there? Not necessarily a take on Hamill, but some sort of homage to his voice work? Or can people go completely uh, in a completely different direction? Now, John DiMaggio, oh. he voices the Joker in like Under the Red Hood and I think a couple other things. He's a does a ton of voiceover work but his voiceover work in under the red hood apparently he said he's kind of he kind of modeled his version of the joker after heath ledger's joker but something within the laugh still felt like there was a hint of hamill see i felt the opposite about that i felt like that so john dimaggio now is my second favorite voice actor for the joker I, i i fell in love with him during you know re- watch, watching watching his roles um i just thought he was so good mm-hmm. he 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 had a bit of, he, he 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 had a little bit of a deeper tone in his voice but he still had that joker-esque laugh where it's still a little high pitch but it's still just as cunning it's it, like it hit like i felt like john dimaggio's joker laugh could cut you know cuts like a fucking knife um right you know? don't you th- don't you feel that that was kind of hamill inspired though that, it I, may, felt, it, I mean, John DiMaggio has it, a very it, different base for a voice than Mark Hamill does. Sure. It, I think every voice actor, except for Zach Galifianakis, um, I think they have to look at Mark Hamill and research Mark Hamill's way of doing it because that is the voice of Batman. That well, what's is, interesting about that Joker. is you don't get the same... Or Joker, I'm sorry. Yeah, you don't get the same kind of, um, I guess tradition almost with the live action batman joker pairings like they're all different voices all the time and i totally accept zach galifianakis doing his own thing because it's lego mm-hmm. like yeah, sure. will arnett was making fun of batman while being batman what do you think zach's doing <laughs> right so you know but like when you're talking about a serious animated batman film or show i feel like there's some sort of unwritten rule that you have to stay in that vein. Maybe. I yeah. mean, I mean, who knows? Who knows what the directors are telling the are telling these voice actors as far as what they're looking for, you know? But I think Mark Hamill is looked at as, you know, you know, the blueprint. Yeah, the blueprint. That's that's the perfect way to put it, you know. And then if you mm-hmm. want, you know, they 
these actors try to put their own twist on it. But at the same time, if that's what the direction the directors of these movies and shows are going for, you know, they want to capture that that vibe that Mark Hamill gave off in the animated series, then then so be it. That is, that's I mean, why wouldn't job. you? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, exactly. Exactly. And you don't yeah. see I don't think Mark Hamill is going to bitch about it. So, no. you know, I'm sure very, he, he seems very supportive. Yeah, of, exactly. Like everybody. So absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one last one I had on the list only because I'd never heard of this series. So I had to look it up. And uh, the actor's name is Kevin Michael Richardson, and he voices yep. Joker in CW's 2004 animated series, The Batman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Eric, you managed to get a couple episodes in. What was what's mm-hmm. your take on Mr. Richardson's version? Kind of a different approach, still a little Hamill-esque okay. in a way. Okay, uh, just basically everything we were just saying, so no need to repeat it. But <laughs> the way that the Joker in this uh, animated series is actually portrayed physically is very different than any other Joker I've ever seen on screen. And I like it because most Jokers that we see, you know, usually slick back green hair or just very messy. You know, this Joker more looks like he came out of like a like a a, a science experiment gone wrong, sort of. He's kind Mm -hmm. of he's kind of got a little bit of monster-esque features to him. He's got very elongated arms. His hair is massive. Like it's massive. He has huge fucking hair. Just look up a picture of him. You'll see what I'm saying. He's very uh, bouncy. I don't know how to really explain it. <laughs> Do you mean like like Tigger. bouncy ball, like rubbery, or like yeah, like pogo stick? Like what are we? Talking about? <laughs> a little from column Tigger. A, a little from column B. <laughs> you know, jokers lo- jokers love to bounce. You know, um, <laughs> he's got a he's got a very deep voice, kind of like John DiMaggio, but John DiMaggio, I feel, has more of a tenor than uh, than Kevin Richardson does, but still, Richardson still has a bit of a deeper voice than what we're used to. Like, Oh my god, that is weird looking. Yeah, you so Sorry, you I him. looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I liked him. I liked the approach that they went with Joker in this. I only watched two episodes, so I can't get a full sure. feel for this Joker after two episodes, but the ones I did watch, you know, I was impressed. I would Sorry. actually watch. I would watch more. I really would. And the series itself actually doesn't seem like it's too bad. It's very. I didn't cheap. know this series existed. Neither did it's I. The CW series. <laughs> I, I no well, we all know how I feel about that channel. <laughs> I bet they've got soap opera stairs in this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my God! Are we going to do a recap at the beginning of every episode as well? Hi, I'm the Joker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Previously on the Batman. <laughs> so the Joker's upstairs. fucking shit up. Continue. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so um, if not check, if you're not going to check out the whole series, maybe just check out the very first episode because the very first episode features the Joker as the villain. It's the and it's the first time that Batman and the Joker ever meet each other in this series. Oh, so, it's okay. a meet cute story. Awesome. Oh, <laughs> it's so. CW. It's a meet cute story. It is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, very good. Well, thank you for squeezing those in. I like apologize. I wasn't able to. I no. I, I, I've been stuck in the upside down for like three fucking weeks. Leave me alone. No. <laughs> you make that sound like it's a bad thing, and we I all know. know it isn't. It really isn't. I mean, it still hurts, but all right. Well, any other honorable mentions? I mean, the list goes on for the voice work. Uh, any ones that you guys maybe have that want to name drop? Not that I. I don't have any. Okay. I don't think so, but I found out a really uh, interesting comic book fact when I was, you know, um, going down YouTube rabbit holes on the subject. 
Yeah. Boy. So apparently there was a period of time in the DC comics where they they the heroes were stymied by things like hostess snack cakes. Like they would have okay. they would have they would have completed their mission if it wasn't for that yummy yummy Twinkie or whatever, well, right? Of course. <laughs> of course. Twinkies always say So uh, so there was an issue involving the Joker where he had like a lot of doppelgangers running around and they ultimately found the real Joker due to his hatred of, of fruit pies. Because <laughs> he, he just, he hates them so much he couldn't, he couldn't pretend otherwise. And I just Aww. thought that was the most hilariously stupid storyline ever. <laughs> So like all fruit pies or just like any fruit like he like care li- for cherry little pies, Debbie but... hostess snack fruit oh, pies. Okay. Yeah, uh, he gotcha, just gotcha. He hates fruit pies. That's funny. That is oh funny. God. Super <laughs> random, and I love it. Uh, all right. Well, we'll go ahead and start wrapping this up. So we'll start with our favorite versions of Joker, animated or live action. Uh, let's see, Laura. Well, I mean, animated, it's hard not to say Hamill, but I mean, after that, Hamill, after Hamill, obviously. <laughs> outside of that, I got to go with Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Um, I, he's so fun. He I is. love him. Yeah. Uh, live action. I mean, I know it's it's cliche, but I got to go with Heath. Fair enough. Eric. Uh, well, I mean, like I. I mean, like you just said, aside from Hamill, because mm-hmm. I think that's going to be everybody's choice. And like I literally just said a minute ago, John DiMaggio, yeah. I fell in love with him. I thought he was a fantastic voice. And if it's not going to be Hamill, I think I prefer uh, DiMaggio. But Alan Tudyk is definitely a very close second because he's just he played that role so well and he's so good at it. And the thing I like about DiMaggio's take on the Joker is that it is it, there's like a a grittiness like a huskiness to yeah a, i don't know how to describe and, it but just kind of just brings it to that darker level i think I don't and know. i can't remember who he voiced but if you watch the credits in uh, uh the killing joke he was actually a voice actor in that too mm-hmm. i don't remember who he played though he's um, done i mean he's done batman he's done joker he's done like all of them i think aquaman like he's he's a big <laughs> yeah. name in the in the voice acting world so like whenever yeah. the kids are watching some new cartoon i hear a voice anytime i hear someone that sounds familiar i look them up right away mm-hmm. fucking i swear to god nine times out of ten it's either it's gonna be john dimaggio yeah sure so So, yeah john dimaggio is definitely my uh, second favorite and then alan tudyk would be my third as far as live action yeah cliche i gotta go with laura it's gonna be heath ledger yeah heath ledger (laughs) i have nothing more to add to that (laughs) right on yeah i mean this is kind of boring so i'm gonna go alan tudyk because i gotta support my birthday buddy and he's his is just so close to hamill but not and I love it. I appreciate John's version, John DiMaggio's version and everything. Troy Baker is just, they're all great. But I love Alan's version. And I will have to say that, and I think I said this during our recording on The Batmans, uh, that I only more recently have accepted Heath Ledger's Joker because since that movie, it's like almost every other version of the Joker we've gotten has been a take on Heath's version of the Joker. And so when I think of that kind of unhingedness, the lies, the can't trust anything that comes out of his busted up face, that's yep. that's all him. So yep. I I credit where credit's due. Amazing fucking job. 
Keith is my live action. I mean, it, it's hard to take over Jack Nicholson because that's again the one that I grew up with. But yeah, mm-hmm. there's just something that Heath brought to that character that just kind of put it over the edge, which is really amazing to say when you're talking about an edgeless character <laughs> like the Joker. All right. So any other stray bubbles anyone has that you got to get all out there real quick? No, nothing for me today. Laura? Same. All right. The last thing (laughs) I have is that in the Red Hood, under the Red Hood animated series, because Jensen Ackles voices uh, Red Hood, Mm -hmm. Red Hood drives an Impala like Dean Winchester in Supernatural. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. Cool. <laughs> I knew you guys would love that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Jensen Ackles also plays Batman in The Long Halloween, doesn't he? Yes, he does. So there, there's another one that just keeps finding his way into the DC universe. That's all right. Oh, I know. It's so good. Live action version, anyone? Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Anyways, I'm going to get, I got to stay focused. All right. Okay, so, sorry. <laughs> you bring up Jensen. I'm just like, ah. all right. So, <laughs> on to the latest, on to one of the last segments, the latest segment, the six degrees of Nicolas Cage. And for this one, anything that you guys watched, you can six degrees it. So, Eric, I'll let you go first because Eric's been super excited about this for mm. like days. And I know he's going to explode if. I don't let him lead. <laughs> well, I never mind coming coming in second to Laura, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. So I really did put some thought into this one because I really wanted it to be focused on the Joker, you know, um, and how can we relate the Joker back to Nicolas Cage? So I got there in five steps. I actually did want to make it a full six. I wanted okay. to get there in six, but I just couldn't. So here's what I got. As we all know, our favorite, our <laughs> Laura's face. <laughs> They're like, this better not be underwhelming. <laughs> Don't disappoint me. <laughs> so our favorite Joker, Heath Ledger, starred in The Dark Knight, of course, and starring with him in this film was the fucking brilliant and legendary Michael Caine, who also starred as Alfred. Well, In 1996, Michael Caine starred in a film called Blood and Wine, where his co-star just so happened to be our 1989 Joker, Jack Nicholson. In 2010, Jack Nicholson also co-starred in a, I believe, a fake documentary called I Am Still Here, which is a documentary about Joaquin Phoenix Turning oh. from actor to a hip hop artist. Yeah, I remember hearing about <laughs> that. that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then in oh, I forgot to write the year. Fuck, it's okay. Walking right. Phoenix, I believe it was like 1998 or 99 or 2000. Walking Phoenix co-starred in the film Eight Millimeter, oh, which that's starred right. Nicolas Cage. Very good. Good job. I hope that was good. I was really that excited. That was really about this good. <laughs> All right, Laura. Oh, no, it's my turn. How am I going to follow that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I went with Cameron Monaghan because I thought, why not? You know, we always forget about him. Let's just give him a little more love. 
so he starred in the well not really starred but was in the 2014 movie the giver which was directed by philip noise noise god we're dorks i know but i also uh, i also hear that like in an australian accent like there was this there was this um australian commercial for uh like pickup trucks and they kind of like the the thing is the guy pulls up in the new truck and it immediately emasculates his friends and they st- they talk in high-pitched voices and they're just like they switch from regular voices to Oh, noise! And I'm just like, oh man, I can't unhear that. But anyway, back to Philip Noyce. Um, <laughs> he directed uh, a 2011 movie with Nicolas Cage called Season of the Witch. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've seen yeah. that movie. <laughs> cool. Sure? Very good. All right. Well, I only had one. But I now have a second one. But my first one that I had was, so I started with, I went animated with Batman Under the Red Hood. Mm -hmm. Bruce Greenwood voices Bat slash Bruce, who plays the president of the United States in National Treasure Book of Secrets with Nicholas Cage. Oh, cool. Cool. And then uh, thanks to Eric, you know, we have, I don't know why I didn't fucking piece this together, but Joaquin Phoenix as Arthur in Joker. Eight millimeter with Nicolas Cage. Go. So, awesome. yeah, that was a quicker journey. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I forgot, I kind of forgot about him. And I saw that movie in the theater, and that movie's fucked up. But yeah, I, I totally forgot that Joaquin was was in that. So, you know, it's um, funny because when I when, once I wrapped this up, I was like, you know, I really could have just finished this up in one step, but I really wanted to. I So, I tried to incorporate Mark Hamill into this somehow with mine. Right on. And I just couldn't find a connection with Mark Hamill with any of these guys that would have led back to Nick Cage. So, but there's got to be something out there. This there's, is Mark I'm fucking sure Hamill. There's, yeah, maybe I'm I just sure didn't find is. it. So that's all right. That's all right. I mean, hell, I didn't put together Joaquin and Eight Millimeter until like just now, and I watched mm. the Joker or and I watched the Joker movie twice, yeah. and <laughs> both times just nothing. So right, it's all good. <laughs> all right. So what's been streaming in your guys's bubble? Oh. Well, um, I mentioned before I'm re-watching Game of Thrones, but just as background noise, um, just finished watching The Boys. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Of course. And of course, I just finished (laughs) watching. Oh, The Boys was great. Um, And of course, I just finished watching uh, Stranger Things like everybody else in the world. Um, New series. Oh, geez. Just finished Hacks season two, which if you haven't seen Hacks, I highly recommend it. It's a fantastic show. What's uh, it about? Uh, Hacks is a, about a, uh, I'm throwing air quotes up in here, legendary comedian. Uh, this woman who basically was the star of her time, and now she's got like a permanent gig in Las Vegas, and she's kind of getting closer to retirement, but she's not seeking retirement, but her management believes that she needs fresh materials. So they hire a young female writer to uh, accompany her. And what we're seeing here are two completely different generations of women uh, trying to work together. One woman who's more about, you have to live by the will of a man in order to get ahead and another more independent, what I would say, modern woman. And they learn, they basically learn from each other. 
And it's a really, really fun journey. And it's really funny just to see how their different comedic styles kind of mash up with each other. So that's kind of the premise of it, but there's a lot more that goes into it. They're, they're, they basically are there for each other. They help lift each other up in different ways. So very cool. It's on HBO Max. I highly, highly recommend it. Season two just dropped less than a month ago. Um, but as far as shows I'm currently watching, nothing new right now, but I am looking forward to the new Lord of the Rings show. That looks amazing. Is there anything else coming out that we're that that's going to be really good? There's like too much out there, I feel, sometimes. <laughs> Well, Harley Quinn season three starts, oh, at the end of the ma- starts at the end of the month, but so I can't believe you forgot about that. I can't <laughs> believe I forgot about that either. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm banned All from right. the pod. <laughs> so, not yet. Laura, on to you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. What does one have to do? Yeah. <laughs> um, other than a lot of the things that Eric mentioned, uh, since we did our recording for Stranger Things and all. I started watching in the supernatural vein a show called Lock and Key. I don't know if you've watched that. It's on Netflix. I have not, but I've. It is messing with me a bit. I am. I am enjoying it. Oh, Uh, nice. Yeah, it's just that, just that right level of creepy. What's it called? Lock and Key. Oh yeah, Lock and Key. I watched season one of Lock and Key. It was. It was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, I am enjoying it so far. Other than that, I've been watching Babylon 5 with some friends who have seen it many, many, many times, which makes it very interesting because they cool. get excited before I understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> the the premise is that they insist that this is one of the best shows, at least from a sci-fi standpoint, that's ever existed on television. And I'm like, come on, really? And I'm still sitting in that boat, but they're like, it's it's going to get so good. You're never going to turn back after this. <laughs> so it, I feel like it's one of those Parks and Recs kind of cells. You know, oh, if you just okay. get through the first season, it'll be sure. so worth it. Yeah. So like we're almost, sh- almost like a Schitt's Creek in that sense. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're almost to that point. So okay. I don't know. I'm hoping that this, you know, lives up to the hype. But you know how I feel when people hype things. Up, so. mm-hmm. Yeah. Right on. Well, let's see. Uh, yeah, finished the boys, uh, the boys, watching Stranger Things with my oldest right now. So we've got about an hour and a half of the very last episode. So he hasn't even seen Eddie's fuck Eddie fucking rocking out in the upside down yet. So oh damn, <laughs> I know, but I just I don't know. <laughs> I've watched it a lot since it all came out. It's can't be healthy. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, Timmy and I have been watching. We just finished the third season of Tacoma FD, which is also on HBO Max. Okay. Um, it's like the uh, two of the guys from like Broken Lizard. So um, like Super Troopers. It's uh, Kevin Hefferman. Uh, and then oh. can't remember the other guy's name, but it's, you know, so it's Fire Department. It's so funny. Uh, the one actor that was in uh, The Good Place that played Pillboy, like a side character, he stars in it as Andy something or another. But anyways, the show is hilarious. Half an hour. And I love it. Just finished it. And it's just, it's such a good fun watch. Uh, other than that, I've been just, I kind of need a new like ghost hunty show. And I've realized that I hate a lot of the paranormal <laughs> ghost hunty shows. <laughs> do you mean like, like, we're seriously going out and ghost hunting show or do you mean yeah. just one that like you know uses it as a 
plot premise. No, like a like an actual ghost hunty show. Hmm. Oh man, I never really got into those. My mom used to watch them all the time. So the I'm ones- just like, you don't actually believe that, do you? And she's like, yes, ghosts are real. See, <laughs> and and like, I, be- I believe in that shit too. And it's funny. I, I am such a skeptic. I'm like, really? Well, and do- Timmy's whole thing is that it's... Okay, so when it comes to like ghosts versus aliens, he believes there's a greater probability that aliens exist over ghosts. Agreed. He doesn't completely dismiss the existence of ghosts, but he's never seen one or experienced one. So he stays relatively open, but still very skeptical. Whereas my goofy ass is like, it's also real. But I love like, that you know, shit. So, Man. growing up, there was rumors like some old farms were like haunted mm-hmm. or whatever, right? There's so, always like, a yeah, right. farm. After work at KFC back in the day, a bunch of us would drive out there and try and find the ghosts, right? Well, I was one of the shits that made people scared because I'd be like randomly moving things around or throwing something around. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, so you're that I, asshole. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Aaron has found out recently that I am somewhat ninja-like when I want to be. So nobody knew where I was ever. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's funny. Do you guys remember um, early 2000s? Like maybe like literally 2000, 2001, maybe 2002, or maybe all three of those years. Uh, I mean, two- I was in high school, so I remember it kind of. Yeah. I go. was drunk like all the time, so not really. They all blend together. Well, you might. Well, well still. Either way, there like was a, a margarita. show that. Uh, <laughs> margarita <laughs> uh mtv had a yes show i remember that show fear and god i wish they would do shows like that again because that show was really good i remember Just, that one you do yeah, yeah they go to like some big ass fucking factory like out in the middle of like tennessee or some shit like that make up some really elaborate story about some crazy accident that happened there and that all like the fucking workers are still haunting the joint and well, uh, they went to like legitimate haunted like haunted hot spots were they legitimate though well, I guess sure? that depends what you how you define love, legitimate hot you know hauntings. Yeah, I suppose. I love that yeah. we were talking about OSHA earlier, and now we're talking about going to abandoned factories. It feels like we're <laughs> bookending the episode with OSHA. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. But yeah, I remember that because then they do like a celebrity one too. So it's like they strapped the camera, like the oh, chest yeah. camera. So like the camera was facing them. So you only ever really got their um, reactions. I think they had right. camcorders that they, they would like film. They placed cameras in certain areas of the place. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, But these yeah. were like supposed, you know, these are supposed haunting spots between, you know, uh, abandoned asylums, penitentiaries, hospitals, you know, like there's Penhurst uh, State Penitentiary, which is a known mm. hot haunting that uh, Laura and I were talking about during our, that came up during our Stranger oh. Thing season one. There was actually a documentary that came out about that show back in 2001 while oh. it was airing. Oh, that's weird. Why would you put a documentary out about the show while the show is still airing? Because um, it's uh, MTV. I don't, yeah, that's I don't true. know. That, that's they're preempting their canceling. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that's a good, but, yeah. <laughs> okay, I have to admit, even though I'm skeptical about the whole ghost thing, I, I would I would feel really on edge going somewhere like Penhurst. Yeah. So I love, so I like the ghost hunting shows, I but I'm very, very, very fucking picky. I hate almost all of them. The only two that I watch are Ghost Adventures, <laughs> which is a rage watch, 100%. Uh, but I, I like that I can yell at my TV for like 
throughout the, the episode and then still get like the spooky bits and be like, ooh, that was actually kind of mm-hmm. legit, like mm-hmm. what the fuckery. Because to yeah. me, again, being the skeptic, there have been a handful of moments in that show's 25 season plus run where he's like, seasons. and I've seen every single motherfucking episode. Help me, Jesus. Oh, I believe Jesus. you. I believe um, you. <laughs> but there's been a handful of moments where he's like, yeah, okay, that's kind of weird. So when you give it, you know, when you remove all doubt and you're, you give it the benefit of the doubt that this is real, none of it is staged, you know, because that's kind of the thing my brother and I will get into. He's like, it's all fucking made up. Well, there's abso- absolutely that possibility. But I like to believe. I want to believe. I don't believe- know why. Do you believe that you know ghosts are still that that ghosts are still around or like ghosts can manifest from people from our generation? Because I remember I saw a meme a while back where it says, "How come whenever someone sees a ghost, it's someone from the 1800s?" Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. Do I think like Sandy Hook is Highland as fuck? You betcha. Yeah. Do I do I think uh, the the last school shooting is going to be haunted as fuck? You betcha. And whether or not they tear that place down, those grounds are. I'm sorry, they're cursed. Yeah, they're fucking yeah. cursed. I don't know. I just always like the idea of, uh, and I'm totally stealing this from the meme, but I totally want to go somewhere haunted and just ha- hear a ghost scream, I'm Britney, bitch! You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I want that. <laughs> I, I would be totally cool with, you know, a ghost type ending, you know, for me. Like, if that's my afterlife or whatever. Mm-hmm. If I totally just got to fuck with people, like, Puck like from Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh huh. <laughs> that okay. would be that would be endless entertainment for me. A perfect way to spend eternity. See, if I die tragically, I want my last words to be like that. I'm cursing whoever is doing this to me, so that I can come back and then just fucking rain hell on them forever, and just a good old fashioned fuck you haunting style. That would so be vindictive. Fun. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> You've thought this through, haven't you? <laughs> I'm just like. Lighthearted tricks are fun here, personally, but oh man, I can just think of the possibilities. It'd be great. Here I am, being all innocent, being like, I just want to be around those who I love, you know? Okay. Jen's all like, no, I'm going to curse these motherfuckers. So, Eric is is like Casper. I'm like Casper. All right. And I'm like, and I'm like Peeves, the poltergeist from Harry Potter that just does random shit because he feels like it. And What's what's your ghost, Jen? What's the vindictive ghost? Oh. Nearly headless Nick. <laughs> no. No. That's not it. <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, let's see. Well, okay. What are some good vengeful ghost types? I don't know. Mm. I'm going to be my own vengeful ghost. I'm going to be like no one else. Fuck no yeah. Other, no other cursed haunting. Like no other She's going to be the it's Br- I'm Britney bitch ghost. That's what Jen's going to be. Just like the weirdest times. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really fun too. Well, you don't think you'd be freaked out like you're just laying there at all sudden. Okay, okay. Like, imagine <laughs> someone's working in a call center and they're on a really important call. I wonder if this is a stretch for you, Eric. And then, and then, then it's Britney bitch comes over the line and you have to explain why that just happened. <laughs> How you're, would I explain that? You're as like, a look, my friend Jen died, and now she's haunting me because she thinks it's funny. But like, she lives in the electrical lines, and you, you can just hear her, especially on the wire. phones. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> oh, we yeah. Found, we found your ghost. There you go. Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> Still works. All right. Well, as uh, we continue fun. to hash this all out and figure out which villainy ghost 
cursed ghost haunty person I'm going to be. We totally went left field on this we one. We did. But I tried to bring it back with Livewire. So anyways, um, but that's going to do it for us today. And I just, yeah. of course, need to thank Laura and Eric for being ever so tolerable and joining me to talk about Joker, the character, and the movie. <laughs> and so in-depth and so respectfully, bravo, you two. And not that I expected anything else from from you guys. Um, and thank you to all my lovely bubblies for listening today. And keep streaming. Bye. 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 If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to let me know by rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcast fix. Follow me on Twitter at StreamingBubble. Find me on Facebook and Instagram as My Streaming Bubble. Have thoughts, suggestions, questions, or want to be tolerated? Email me at mystreamingbubble at gmail.com. If you want to show your love and support for this little old podcast in monetary form, search My Streaming Bubble over at buymeacoffee.com and buy me a cheese wedge. And if you want to take that love and support to the next level, head over to Redbubble where you can find and purchase My Streaming Bubble merch. All monetary support goes right back into this podcast from new recording equipment to night cheese. Thanks for your support and keep streaming. I think cheese fries is the cheesiest thing I've ever said. Cheese fries. Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> oh, yeah. you had to bring those up. Fuck yeah.